Welcome to the Career Happiness Podcast. My name is Soma Ghosh. I am the founder of a business called the Career Happiness Mentor. And within this podcast, we explore themes around career happiness, confidence, well-being, and so much more. Not only do I do one-to-one personalized episodes to really, really support you as a listener, but you will have the chance to listen to really, really amazing guests from all corners of not just world, but different industries. It's really, really important that you are not only happy in your career, but you make time to progress in a way that feels right for you. So if you want to have more energy in your career, change your career, find out more about how to potentially start a business or even help your teenager with careers advice, this is the podcast for you. Thanks so much. Hello, everyone. I have Biraj here with me today. Hey, Biraj, how are you? I'm really well, thank you. How are you? It's lovely to be here. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, really good. I'm really good. I'm really excited that you're here on the podcast today. Before we kind of like get into it, I know that we we spoke way mm-hmm. back, I think, in March or February yeah. um, earlier this year, and we had a really, really lovely discussion. Um, and I kind of know a little bit about what you do. But what you did, Biraj, that I really, really loved is you reached out to me, you saw yeah. what I did, and you just sent me a really, really lovely message lovely email um and you put a lot of thought into it Mm -hmm. um and I think it just really really impressed me but then I wanted to find out more about you so can you kind of tell the audience today a little bit more about your work who you are what you do who you who you work with absolutely absolutely Uh, and again thank you so much for uh, having me on the podcast it's an absolute pleasure um so my name is Biraj Nakaja I'm a uh, transformational mindset coach Um, And I specifically focus my work on um, helping people to discover what I refer to as their talent DNA. Um, The D being the discovery of their talents, their natural talents and strengths. Um, The N being how to nurture those talents into your kind of superpowers. And then the A specifically being around how you apply those superpowers to everything that you do, both personally and professionally. And um, what was really interesting, you referred to kind of that initial sort of email exchange. It's I came across your work and everything that you do um, around helping people specifically in that career space. A lot of my clients are um, working professionals who, you know, for whatever reason, may um, may not be finding that they are fulfilling their potential. They might be at a bit of a crossroads in terms of which direction they want to go in. They might be returning back to work from maternity or paternity leave or a sabbatical. Um, And, you know, there's a real thread that I see with my clients around a lack of confidence, maybe, or apprehension and anxiety about going back into work or or, or taking a change. And so I just felt the work that I do with those types of clients um, and the work that you're doing was just such a great synergy that I, I felt compelled to... to to reach out to you. So in a nutshell, um, that's what I do. My background is actually in technology in the corporate world, um, high transactional e-commerce organizations like um, Camelot, lastminute.com, Expedia. Um, And I've had a fantastic career, don't get me wrong, but the last couple of years in particular, I felt that I didn't have that drive, that motivation, that 
enthusiasm that I'd had for so many years prior to that. And I didn't really know why that was the case, but um, it wasn't until I kind of went on my own journey of self-discovery and, and, and understood my own talents and strengths that I realized that actually um, there was a misalignment between what I was doing and what my natural talents and strengths were. And so I decided to kind of embark on my own coaching journey and, and kind of doing this on my own specifically now to help people also um, understand their talents and strengths. And hopefully they also get that, you know, that, that level of clarity that I got many years ago when I started my business. Wow, really, really interesting. Thank you, Baraj, for sharing more about what you do. Um, and there's a lot, yeah, there is a lot of overlay in terms of the themes there, like lack of confidence, of change. Um, and it's interesting, you mentioned something there about the, the, the kind of lack of drive and the lack of enthusiasm. That's been coming up a lot with um, the women who've been reaching out with me. Do, do you think that that was already something that was there like post pandemic or do you think it's kind of got worse like you know um, um the it's last a good few years? i think it's i think it's probably been there for, for for many many years but i think the pandemic in particular has really um it's allowed people to just take stock and really think a little bit more about what are they doing and do they do they love what they do and Actually, it's a real sort of key area of the work that I do, which is people often think that, you know, when you're playing to your strengths, strengths are the things that you're good at and, and weaknesses are therefore the things that you are bad at. But actually, I don't think that's quite true because you could be good at something, but you may not enjoy doing that day in, day out. Just because you're good at it, it doesn't mean that you enjoy doing it. Um, and it's a, a, a sort of a something that I like people to really sort of hone in on in that, do you get the energy, that motivation and that drive from what you do? Because if you do, then you're essentially working in what I refer to as your strength zone versus if you are de-energized, demotivated, you know, almost dreading kind of going into work because the work that you're doing doesn't give you that, that, that drive, then more than likely you're probably doing something that doesn't play to your natural talents. So I think the the last few years in particular is just heightened people's awareness of what are they doing and more importantly, what is really important to them. And we see lots of lots of people, you know, changing um, direction in their career. Uh, lots of people maybe leaving the corporate world and starting their own businesses or deciding that, you know, this type of industry is not for me and I want to try something new. And I wonder, you know, whether the pandemic in particular has just heightened that a little bit more. But I think that's kind of been a thread maybe that's been underlined for some time, but maybe people have almost been a little bit scared to explore it. But, you know, with all of the um, the change that happened during the pandemic and people losing their their jobs and so on and so forth it's almost forced people to to rethink yeah and i really really loved what you said there um Raj, about you know like the, the loving what you do because i think there is this thing around people you know with quite quitting and the great resignation and all these mm. kind of things it's really, really allowed people to look at what um, their strengths are, what their values are, kind of on that. I know that strengths is something that is kind of your your, your specialism, you know, you said about the superpowers. How do you help people 
understand what their strengths, what their kind of superpowers are, because I think people really struggle with this, Viraj. Yeah, I see this in my work as well. Absolutely. And I'd like actually to just sort of um, clarify some terminology in that I ask all of my all of my clients, what is your greatest talent? And more often than not, they will respond with, oh, my greatest strength is so-and-so or such-and-such. Um, but it's interesting because I ask them what their greatest talent is and they're referring to it as a strength. And actually, there's a there's a difference between the two. So um, what I do in my work specifically is to help people understand the underlying talent. Um, I'm certified by a company called Gallup and Gallup's definition of talent is your natural recurring pattern of thought, feeling and behavior. So the natural way in which you think, feel and behave is what we refer to as talent. And by its very definition, everybody thinks, feels and behaves in a certain way. And therefore, we all have talent. But sometimes people don't really know what that is because it might just be normal to them. Well, of course, I think in that way or of course I do this or of course I do that. And they don't necessarily see the superpower within that. So. Um, there's a couple of ways that I help people um, to, to discover what that talent is. Um, one key element of that is the Clifton Strengths um, uh, online assessment, which is a really great um, profiling assessment that helps people to understand their natural way in which they think, feel and behave. But alongside that, the most important part is really understanding and connecting with the output of that to really sort of make it tangible to you and to help you understand that, no, actually, you know, my empathy or the way that I interact with people or the my ability to be able to build relationships really quickly, that actually is something quite unique. And the way that I do that compared to the way that other people do that is what differentiates me from others. But that talent on its own isn't enough. And Going back to the DNA, the discovery bit comes from the profiling tool and through the coaching sessions, but the nurturing of that talent is what turns it into the strength. So you have to invest in the talent that you have in order for that to become a strength of yours that you then have to start to apply to everything that you do. And the research shows actually, Gallup's research has shown that those who apply their talents on a day-to-day basis or those talents that they've turned into their strengths, they see that um, people are three times more likely to report having an excellent quality of life and six times more likely to be engaged in the work that they do. And, you know, if I ask anyone, would you take three times better quality of life and six times more engaged in the work? Would you take that today? Of course you would. And actually, it's really not difficult to get to that, because if you can understand what comes naturally to you and the thing that you are most, um, you know, where you add that greatest value, if you can understand what that is and you start to intentionally apply that to everything, then it's very easy to get to those sort of numbers. Really, really interesting, Biraj. Thank you for sharing that. And and I want to ask a, a kind of a, a deeper question linked sure. to that. Is there kind of a link then between like, your talents, strengths, and your own personal values? Because I think values, your own values, are really, really important in any type of job that you do. And then there's mm-hmm. kind of like a link with career happiness. But often people after a while when they're unhappy at work, it's kind of like a pattern I see barrage with my mm-hmm. clients, is 
they kind of they, they kind of lose their way a bit they kind of lose who they are and what their values are and what their talents are mm-hmm. and and if someone is listening and they're feeling like that at the minute and I think a lot of people get quite reflective during this period because we're recording this just before Christmas what mm-hmm. what kind of advice what kind of tips would you say to someone like that because I think that's that's something that's appearing a lot when I'm talking to my clients in particular yeah I think I mean values are are deeply important and some people uh, place greater emphasis on values and morals than maybe others do. And again, actually, that's part of an inherent talent, right? If you are naturally inclined to, um, you know, be be true to your values and to your morals, then that in itself is a, is a superpower over someone that maybe doesn't necessarily place as much emphasis on that. But I think to your point around kind of the link there's absolutely a link between talent and strength, as we've uh, as we've already discussed. You know, talent is what we have. Strength is what we have to get to. And that's through the investment of that talent. Um, but I think some of it is also situational as people go through different periods of their life and their career. Um, that can also be influenced by the environment that you're in or the people that you're around. Um, you know, I often speak to people around you know, applying your talents, but sometimes that can be very difficult if you're working with people that don't allow you to apply your talents on a day-to-day basis, or if you are working in an environment that, you know, is very used to doing things in a certain way and maybe not as open to change, um, again, allowing you to to be able to play to those talents. So there are definitely factors that um, influence our ability to, to use our talents, But if we are aware of what they are, then we can do something about it. And we can either do something within the current roles that we're in or the current organizations that we're in and have the conversations with our peers and with our managers and and um, and carve out, you know, changes in the way that you work to be able to to, uh, align with your talents. Or maybe in some cases, maybe that is a realization that says, this maybe isn't the right environment for me, or these are not the type of people that are going to allow me to to flourish by by using my talents, and could be the um, the the, the kickstart that you need to maybe start thinking about um, you know a, a different role or a different company or uh, a different industry or in my case a completely different career path. And and, and coming on to that, um, Biraj, I would I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about yourself and sure. you know like how you kind of got into coaching you mentioned that you had a career in in technology mm-hmm. it'd be great to find out a little bit more about like you know when you were in school and then you decided to kind of you know study what did what did you study and how did you kind of go about the path of being in technology I'd love I'd love to find out a little bit more about yeah, that definitely definitely so I think um and I'm, I'm kind of laughing at myself here because something you mentioned there it's it's a it's a topic that I talk about a lot in in the work that I do where often um we are influenced down a particular career path um so certainly you know in my culture typically it's kind of the technology route or you become a doctor you become a, a lawyer or something like that and you're often influenced by the people that you're around or maybe you know cousins or siblings uh, or or even parents that are in a particular industry and you you tend to go down a particular route because you feel you have to now 
you know, I think in this day and age, it's slightly different, but certainly in my generation, that was the case. And so did I choose to go down a technology route? Yes, I did. But did I consciously choose that? Probably not, because everyone that I've been in and around has kind of worked in that technology space. And the personal contacts that I had when I was looking for a, an industrial placement, um, you know, worked in technology firms and consulting firms. And that's how I got into, um, you know, working in a consultancy firm during my, my placement. And, and then it kind of moved on from there. So technology, I, I kind of got into probably through influences around me without maybe directly knowing that. But over time, what was really interesting when I reflect back now is that all the feedback that I got, um, certainly when I started moving into more sort of people management roles, and, and when I finished my career, I was responsible for teams of you know up to 100 people. But the one feedback that I always used to get was, you're a really good manager, you're a really good coach, you're a really good leader. And Going back to the things that you are natural at and the things that you really enjoy, what I loved about those roles was developing people, coaching people, really helping people to get from where they are to that next level, whether that is, you know, from a technical perspective or from a, a more sort of softer skills perspective. But that people management, people development thing was the, the underlying element that I really, really enjoyed. And when I look back now, those last few years that I wasn't feeling that that enthusiasm, that drive and that motivation was because I had moved into a role that was no longer direct people management, but more matrix management, which was slightly different. I didn't have responsibility, direct responsibility for, um, you know, the development of people anymore. And, and the role had changed. And it's only now when I reflect back that Again, it just goes back to, and that was only one aspect. There's other elements that no longer played to my strengths that previous roles did. But it was that realization that all of the things that I'm really good at, I'm no longer doing. And so I embarked on my own kind of journey of self-discovery and I actually employed my own coach. And it was through those discussions that I realized, okay, these are the things I'm naturally great at. These are the things that I really enjoy doing. And I'm not doing that anymore. So how can I get myself to a situation where I am? And I took the bold, bold leap to leave the corporate world and start my own coaching business because actually coaching ticked every single one of those boxes. The things that come most naturally to me all kind of sit within running your own business and in the coaching and developing of people and teams. So um, that light bulb moment was so, so pivotal for me that when I decided, okay, right, I want to move into coaching, obviously there's so many aspects to coaching and so many different areas that people can can kind of hone in on. But I thought, why not coach people to also discover their natural talents and maybe help them on a similar type of journey that I've been on? Yeah, really, really like interesting there, Biraj. Thank you for sharing that. And I think you, you hit on something there where somebody goes through something pivotal mm -hmm. that makes them you know make a decision uh for me personally it was I was in a toxic work environment and I was yeah. being bullied and I just knew that if I stay in this position my mental health is going to suffer and mm -hmm. I actually felt like I wasn't giving careers advice in a way that I actually felt passionate about like yeah. I, I needed to change that and it sounds as though like you really really start to 
started to understand that you wanted to do like more people managing you wanted to work with people and kind of on that note I know that you do like within your work is it like a combination of one-to-one and corporate work because I know before we started the call you were talking about some of the corporate work that you do is there a difference in how you deliver your um, coaching or training can you kind of talk on what kind of the differences are and maybe like how it helps um, of course of course so I, I have lots of one-to-one clients um, and the one-to-one clients could be uh, working professionals all the way through to business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, the working professionals typically are, you know, people that are at a, a crossroads in their career, um, you know, want to change but don't quite know how to or in which direction they want to, to, to go into. Um, the work with the business owners and entrepreneurs could be very much around, okay, um, I feel like I have to be great at everything um, and I'm not great at everything. And how do I deal with that? And actually a lot of my work in in coaching and helping them is very much around, well, you don't have to be great at everything. You need to understand where you add the greatest value and where you should be focusing more of your time and learning how you can manage and navigate those areas that you're not so good at, you know, whether that be through partnerships, through collaborations, through systems and tools, whatever it may be, but understanding where you add the greatest value, but also understanding where you're not so, you know, strong and being okay with that, I think is really pivotal. Um, and that premise or, or kind of that, that basis is no different when I work with leadership teams in the corporate world, where actually, if you can understand yourself better, and you can understand your team better, then collectively, we can all focus our time and effort on the things where we add the greatest value. And and I think that's the summary of whether it's one-to-one or whether it's team corporate workshops that I'm doing. The fundamental piece there is understanding yourself and being really proud of who you are, but also being unashamedly okay with who you are not. And that is the bit I find people really struggle with is, is that they, they find it difficult to admit to the things that they're not good at because they see that almost as a little bit of a failure. But the reality is we can't be fantastic at everything. Um, if anyone says they are, then I would I would probably challenge that. Um, you know, we, we can't be fantastic at, at everything. And, and I actually think that society and even kind of like our educational system doesn't help with this because... You know, in society, people strive to be well-rounded, good all-rounders. And if you think about kind of the educational system, that that is teaching us to be good at everything or try to be good at everything. Um, And I often use, and we're not on on camera here as such, but um, those that are listening, if you kind of clench your fist and you make a, a, a fist shape, that's like a rounded shape. And that kind of represents being well-rounded or, or, or kind of uh, all-rounders. And I argue that actually we shouldn't be that. If you now open your fingers into kind of like a, a star shape, what I'm saying is actually that's what we want. We don't want to be well-rounded. We want to be known for these four or five things, which are represented by your fingers, but also in between your fingers, you will see gaps. And we want to be okay with what those gaps are. The key there is understanding how to manage those gaps. So be really great at those four or five things and become known for those things and just learn 
how to navigate all those other gaps that you don't have because there's so many ways in which other people you know other people might be fantastic at the things that you're not and vice versa and so if you can learn to collaborate with people like that whether that's within your team within your organization within a business if you're running a business um you know that's where the power comes yeah definitely and what you were saying there viraj about self-awareness there's a vulnerability piece there um that i think a lot of people they they often you know i've been i've been journaling a lot lately Mm -hmm. and um you know, I've often been told, oh, Shoma, you must journal, you must journal. And, you know, I, I, I put it off. And mm-hmm. I was listening to this podcast the other day and it opened something up, Viraj, where it opened something up in me where basically the woman was saying that the reason why we avoid like doing things like yoga or journaling is because there's a sense of us being afraid of something. And I think yeah. it's the same with career happiness. Mm-hmm. We know what will make us happy. We know what will light us up but we run away because of some of those traditional things that you were speaking about a little bit earlier on Mm -hmm. but also the failure piece and I loved what you were saying and I want to tap into this a bit more this whole you know well-rounded thing the word that came to me is generalist yes how do you how do you feel about that word Biraj I I mean I don't I don't like it and you know it's interesting because my final role at um, in my corporate in my corporate career was general manager yeah and it's interesting that you use that word generalist because actually um, as a general manager what are you known for yes. right? what are you known for um, and I when I ask when I ask my clients you know what is your greatest talent and I mentioned that they find very difficult to to answer that question um, I then say, okay, well, let me let me re- rephrase that. What is Soma known for? Yeah. And you know, again, people find it very difficult to answer that question, but it it, it starts to tap into, I think, a different thought process, which is actually, you know what, I might I might be, um, I don't know, a software developer, or I might be a teacher, or I might be an accountant, or whatever your your career is, your your role is. But actually, are you known for being an accountant? Or are you known for being able to problem solve? Are you known for being a good teacher? Or are you known for being really empathetic and able to connect with the children in your class? Mm. And that is what we're referring to as talent and superpower. What is the thing that you are known for? And, you know, a lovely exercise that can really help people to identify this. And we actually did, I, I did a corporate workshop yesterday and um, I asked everyone to bring to that workshop um, one or two images that they have got from close friends or family that remind them of that person and their greatest talent. And I, I would really encourage this um, to all of your listeners that speak to two or three really close friends and family and and do it individually so that they can't see what each other is ending and ask them to send you an image and it doesn't have to be you in that image it can be absolutely anything it could be an abstract image even but ask them to send you an image of what reminds them of you and your greatest talents and what's fantastic is that you'll probably see that there is some form of commonality and a thread in everything that people send you and more than likely it will probably be something that you've not even considered to be a superpower of yours. 
but other people see it day in, day out. And, and that's the thing that sometimes we just don't know what it is, but it's there, right? It's there because it's who we are. It's there because it's a natural way in which we think, feel and behave. But to us, it's so normal. We don't realize the power in it. And if you can raise that awareness of that superpower and then you start to invest in that superpower and then you start to apply it to everything that you do, you know, the, the, the world is our oyster, right? We can become unstoppable and you'll become known for being that thing. So going back to your question around generalists, what is a generalist known for would be my, my response to that. And, and on that basis, don't be a generalist is what I would say. <laughs> be known for something. And, and that doesn't mean being known for being an accountant or a teacher or a software developer, but be known for who you are. And the other thing that came to mind as well is is like the whole this debate in a way that I've thought of before, Biraj, mm -hmm. the whole generalist versus specialist or expert debate then. Mm -hmm. I mean, then in a way, are you like saying that we, we need to not necessarily have a specialism, but we need to have a skill or have a talent that that we really hone in on and, and be known for that? Is that is that kind of what you what you mean? I, I do, but not in a... Um roles and responsibilities way yeah. so regardless of what career you're in what mm -hmm. role what organization if if you're known for being empathetic yeah. then that empathy can show up in whatever you do mm -hmm. that empathy can show up both personally and professionally so yeah. you might you might be very empathetic in the role that you perform at, at, at work but if i were to ask your friends and family outside of work um, what summer's superpower and they also say to me Do you know what she's so empathetic and she can always put herself in our shoes and really understands how we feel then that's what you're known for so when we refer to being a specialist i'm not referring to being a subject matter expert necessarily mm. but being known for being the person that is critical thinking or being known for that person that can really connect with someone on a one-to-one -one basis or being known for that person that is highly strategic and can think two, three, four, five steps ahead uh, at so much faster than everybody else can. Um, that's what I'm referring to. That is what you are known for. And then you apply that to whatever your job role is. Interesting. I mean, I'm thinking about like, when I used to work in schools and colleges, I, mm -hmm. I, we, I was a careers advisor in schools and colleges and in the connection centre. And I'm, I'm going way back here. We had, we had people who you know used to look at different areas. So they'd work with youth offending. They'd work in different areas, and it was something that was really, really important at the time. And and I've seen an evolution of things as of you, Barrage. But mm -hmm. I'd be, I'd love to know, you know, do you think that like obviously the world of work has changed but are you seeing any patterns or any things within your work um that has emerged that you kind of didn't see like before when you were working in a corporate job i'd love to i'd love to get your insights on that um i would say and we've touched upon this but confidence generally i yeah. think i just see people are they just they just struggle with being proud of the good things that they do and are always fixated on the things that they don't have or the things that they can't do or the things that they're not doing well. 
Um, and for me, I, I kind of, I'm seeing that more and more. You, know, you simply ask that question, what are you great at? And people can't answer it. But if I were to rephrase it and say, could you tell me the top three things that you know you need to work on the most? They can rattle that off within seconds. So you know, we, we live in a society where we are fixated on the things that we can't do and the things that we don't have and not enough. Are we really spending time you know, honing in on the things that we can do and the things that we are great at and, and really evangelizing that? Um, I, I do a lot of work with, uh, within the uh, NHS space with um, particularly females who are coming back from maternity leave. And the, the single thread that I see there is very much, what if I've forgotten how to do this um, as well as I did before I left? Or, you know, what if everyone else has progressed so much further than I have? You know, what if I'm, I'm not going to be as good as I was before I left? And, you know, couple that with the fact that, you know, they're now a new parent and there's a whole host of additional pressures there as well. And actually my, my response to that is, well, let's flip that on its head. What have they missed in the last 12 months whilst you were not there? What are you bringing back to the table that they are now going to reap the, the benefits and the advantages of because you're now back at work? So rather than thinking about what if I can't or what if I don't, think about what do I have? What am I bringing back to the table? What What is the thing that I am adding the most value in and if you can approach things in in that way to any opportunity to any challenge to any conversation to any meeting that you have if you go into that situation being really confident about who you are and not being fixated on who you are not then i promise you 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 have a very different take on on life generally and you will start to see amazing things happen because you're okay with the things that you're not so good at, but you're super proud about the things and super confident about the things that you are good at. I mean, do you think that that comes with like time and experience, Biraj? Because, you know, I, I turned 40 this year and I've been thinking and reflecting on this a little bit. And, and my clients, they're like aged from like 25 to 50 upwards. And, mm -hmm. you know, confidence is a theme that I think everybody struggles with despite your age mm -hmm. but that thing that you said about you know being who you are mm -hmm. I think often you know and I think social media is also responsible for this barrage oh, and it, yeah and it just oh it kind of annoys me a little bit like um I was discussing with a friend the other day that you know there are certain things I do not share on social media and that's just because you know, I'm quite private about my personal life yeah and we should be private we should have boundaries but I think a lot of the time, you know, the, people have like this very curated version of themselves online. So then it's very difficult for us to really truly be who we are. And yeah. owning who you are, I think, is something where you've got to, and you know, you are a coach and I've been coached as well, is unless you actually do work on yourself, mm -hmm. it's very, very difficult. But I think people feel pressure. It's almost like, imagine, you know, we've got 10 fingers, um, but it, it feels like sometimes we have 15 fingers and we've got to, you know, be in so many places at so many times. And I think this feeling of overwhelm when it comes to your career, mm -hmm. I feel is heightened. Um, and it's been heightened for the last five years. And I'm trying to help my clients to come out of that and just check in with themselves a bit more and understand that it's okay for them to be themselves. They 
are often doing this people pleasing thing where Mm -hmm. they feel like they have to be everything for everyone and I feel like you know and I'm sure you've seen this as well Biraj I feel like when we work with our clients it's important for them to to start from the beginning again and help them readdress who they are I mean what have you seen I'd love to know your thoughts yeah no I think I think you've you've hit it on the nail there um there is almost a bit of a pressure to have to fit in um generally um and you know it's actually quite sad because you see this with the younger generation that you know they all they all have the same hairstyle now they all wear the same clothes they all you know everyone kind of looks the same to an extent and that is heightened through social media absolutely but um I think, you know, ultimately our differences are our advantage and it's helping people to understand that actually different is okay. And, and in whatever shape that is, um, whether that's in the subjects, subjects that you choose at school, whether that is the career path that you choose to take. I think, uh, you know, we live in a world now where, um, doing your GCSEs, doing your A-levels, going to university and getting a corporate job is not necessarily the only route you, you need to take anymore. In fact, you know, I'm having lots of conversations with, with parents who are worried about their children not wanting to go to university and wanting to do different things like apprenticeships and what have you. And actually, there's, there's, there's amazing opportunities for people out there um, and that doesn't necessarily mean having to go to university. Now, I'm not saying not to go to university. That might be the right thing for you. But at the same time, there's other opportunities out there. So, you know, having a slightly different outlook can stand you out from the crowd, right? That that could be something that is the differentiator. And I think just society isn't used to that. Society is trying to fit us into the same kind of hole as, as everyone else. But actually we should be encouraging difference and we should be encouraging um, uniqueness and, and celebrating that. And, you know, there's lots obviously in the world of diversity and equality and inclusion and, you know, the focus on that. But I do think that that has a real sort of power to helping people also just be okay and embrace their differences as well. And I think we just need to do more of that. I I don't think the current society and world allows us to, to necessarily maybe fully embrace that. Yeah, and I think, you know, like being unique is so important in the workplace. And we need what you're saying about the whole diversity and inclusion thing. It's very important to have all sorts of different people from different backgrounds. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's more important than ever to have that equality. Kind of moving on a little bit um, in terms of like your your work and you know what you're doing Mm -hmm. obviously we're coming towards the end of the the year now but I'd love to find out kind of like what what is next for you in 2024 what's going to be happening for you and your business yeah absolutely so actually what's interesting so I've I've got 20 years of technology experience and I didn't want to necessarily just brush that to one side and so I also do some like sort of advisory work and consulting work with some sort of tech startup businesses as well um and it's interesting because someone was like oh is that because you you know you you just you still love technology or or you you know that's that's your thing and I was like well actually when I when I reflect on it um what I'm doing in those businesses is no different to maybe what I do with my one-to-one clients in the coaching space which is about helping those businesses to understand where they flourish um, helping those businesses to be able to move to that next level and to that next stage as well. So um, what I'm finding is that the, the coaching work 
is taking a slightly different um, slant um, with some of the businesses that I work with. But the thing that I've I've really, really enjoyed and I want to do more of going forward is really helping to unlock potential in people and teams. Um, you know, just yesterday, being able to see on people's faces that actually, yeah, do you know what? I'm really great at this. And I know that you sat across the table from me. You're really great at this other thing. And now we can work together and be fantastic on that next project because you know what lane I play in, I know what lane you play in, and we can really now start to sort of take things forward. So I think that line of work has been something I found really rewarding. But at the same time, the one-to-one, as a coach, one-to-one coaching is also kind of your 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 baby, so to speak. And, you know, when when I can see that light bulb or penny drop moment in someone where they gain that confidence that maybe they've been lacking for so long or they are actually just accepting of who they are and being really comfortable with that to then make those next life choices, I think for me has also been really rewarding. And so, you know, for me that, that the team in the corporate world is is the work that I do there is is fantastic in one way, but the one-to-one coaching at the same time is just something that I love and want to do more of going forward as well. Oh, really interesting. Thank you, uh, Biraj, for sharing that. Where Where can people find you where can they connect with you yeah absolutely so um instagram my handle is uh, at innate compass um my business is called innate compass specifically because I, I truly believe that we all have this inner compass that can guide us towards our potential and that inner compass essentially are your talents so um innate compass um on uh, instagram um, i'm also on linkedin um, I maybe need to up my Instagram game a little bit more, but uh, I find that um, uh, a lot of my work is through word of mouth, actually. Um, and I, I'm kind of proud of that because that means that the people that I'm working with are gaining value from from my coaching. And when they refer me on to someone else, I, I don't think there's anything better than kind of a, a direct referral from someone. So, um, so yeah, in, uh, Innate Compass on Instagram and, of course, on LinkedIn as well, Biraj Nakaja on LinkedIn. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Biraj. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Career Happiness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media or with somebody you know it will make a significant difference to. And remember, if you haven't already, please take some time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much.